This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV. The Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with a zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute, and available reclining lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with MSW Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is D. Knight. He's the host of the Pardon the Insurrection podcast. There's a lot of news to cover, but before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get a bonus What's Up episode every Tuesday. It's kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and I talk about whatever's on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Now, please enjoy my conversation with D. Knight. Welcome back to the show, D. Thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure to be here as always. It's too bad nothing's going on, huh? <laughs> uh, you could say that. It's been a slow week. Nothing, like nothing crazy a... happened. I mean, of course, I'm, I'm sure you want to get to the biggest and most important news story of the month. Uh, that would be the GOP presidential debate. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I could. Did you watch it? I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch the second one. Uh, it was fairly disgusting. I, yeah, I tried sure. to watch a significant portion of it and could not stomach it myself. It was rather insane. Uh, but, you know, that tends to be par for the course for the Republican Party here lately. Yeah. If you haven't noticed, uh, <laughs> considering they can't even elect their own Speaker of the House with the majority. Oh, my God. Okay. okay. This is what I want to talk about first. So, um, Sherry Jacobus, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she used to be a Republican and then she was an independent and now she's a Democrat. And, um, she was on my show Wise last decision. week. Say that again. Wise decision. Yes, I know. Huh? Well, I mean, she, as she always explained that she was very moderate when she was a Republican and could have easily worked back in the day, you know, like in the nineties for a moderate Democrat. But anyway, um, she's concerned and has been tweeting about prior to this whole, um, ousting McCarthy thing she was concerned that they might want to put Trump in as speaker and of course he could do that because you don't need to be a member of Congress or have any kind of you, you don't have to be an elected official um, and I know you're laughing but I want to get to that in just a second um, but okay I, I don't think that's going to happen but if it did happen it would not surprise me and I don't think it's going to happen mainly because there are uh, you know, reps who are in districts that Biden won by big margins, Republicans that do not want to vote for someone like Trump because they would lose their seat. So they will be looking out for themselves. But that's one reason why I don't think it's going to happen. And I know you kind of laughed at that. So I'm just wondering what you think and why you think it would not happen. Well, first of all, <laughs> 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 all right, I'm sorry, I had to get that out. I was holding it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolutely bonkers that they would put the person who is most responsible for creating all the carnage in their party in, in charge of the house and yeah, I know. 
you have to hand it to these these guys for like blowing up their spot, as we would say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's no way Trump would ever do it. Like, they're for a number of reasons, obviously. Again, you pointed out they're vulnerable uh, Republican mm-hmm. seats up for re-election in 2024, and they'd immediately uh, lose that election. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's entirely possible that they're going to lose the House anyway, thanks mm-hmm. to some, uh, well, we've got a newly redrawn district in Alabama, thanks to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, George Santos is under indictment for a nom- number of criminal charges. So you consider that two seats down. But anyway, um, obviously, um, first of all, Trump's got a packed schedule here over the course of the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if anyone is listening to this and you haven't noticed, he's going on trial <laughs> in multiple trials every single month until like the prime or rather the general election. So um, he's going to be busy. He's, he's currently on trial now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. He's not going to be able to fly back and forth from D.C. to multiple trials. And just there's there's no way that would yeah. ever work. And then, like, the other issue is that, obviously, being the Speaker of the House, uh, regardless of what you see from Kevin McCarthy, it actually requires work. Mm-hmm. And uh, you may or may not have noticed that, that, that mm-hmm. Trump's not about doing any work whatsoever. He likes the TV portion yeah. of being the politician. He, he doesn't like the actual job of of legislating and whipping, like that's not what he does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they can. I mean, you can just cancel that idea. It's absolutely <laughs> impossible. And then well, there's just like this other lingering issue of it, is it even possible to serve as Speaker of the House when you're under a criminal indictment? I don't know because Trump's on, under a number of those. Yeah, well, I know Sherry, when I brought up, because I think it, Tristan Snell, who's a lawyer, said, oh, he can't do it because he's under indictment. But she said that was for, I can't remember what that was for, but it wasn't for the House of Representatives. But then there's also the thing of regardless of the, you know, I mean, if Trump were to get that position, which, again, I don't believe that he would, I, I, he wouldn't be interested in the work and he wouldn't do the work. The, the, I think the reason he would want that position is to be the third in line or, or would it be the third in line? I guess it would be the third in line for the president. Well, second oh, in line. Yeah, second, second in line. line. So um, because it's Kamala Harris and then it would be the House of Representatives, which would mean that he would have to figure out a way to assassinate both, you know, Biden and Harris. <laughs> and I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not saying they wouldn't do it. I would not put it past these people. Um, but I mean, they'd have to figure yeah. out how to do it. And I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I can't, I can't imagine that that would be the case, that that would be the course they take, but he is so desperate that I could see where he would, in his deluded, addled old mind, say, yeah, this is a logical way for me to go. But all that said, you know, the vulnerable representatives are enough, I think, to keep him out in the first place. I just don't think that's going to happen. So, um, and then, okay, then the other one now they're throwing out Jim Jordan. There's Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise. And of course, Steve Scalise said that he was David Duke without the baggage. So that's great. And then there's Jim Jordan, who is, you know, looks away from sexual assault. Uh, these are the people that they're, I mean, do you, do you have a feeling if it's going to be, I mean, I would bet it would be Steve Scalise over Jim Jordan. Like, do you have a gut feeling as to who it might be? Uh, I mean, if I was a betting, betting person here, and you gave me the odds, uh, whether it be Scalise, Jordan, or the field. I, I take the field. Take the field on that one. Hmm. Uh, I'm fairly sure Jim Jordan just doesn't have enough 
allies in the house. And of course, you know, I, <laughs> I can't see Matt Gates wanting to put like, I'm sure they have a little friendly competition mm-hmm. over who's Trump's favorite in the house. <laughs> and, and probably Gates is not willing to sacrifice uh, his spot. Yeah. And yeah, putting up that joy. Look, I, it's insane because uh, you have to remember that this is also like in light of Republicans impeaching President Biden. Like, it, it, I know it was just a few days ago, but yes, there's an impeachment inquiry open and they had a hearing about President Biden and his supposed misdeeds <laughs> just last Friday. Um, and the last time Republicans impeached uh, a president was practically no evidence. How many mm-hmm. spe- uh, House speakers did it cost them? Like two? And then the one they landed on eventually <laughs> ended up being a pedophile. I feel like we're going to have a repeat of history here. This is unbelievable. Uh, not uh, accusing Jim Jordan of anything uh, as obsequious as being a pedophile, but he certainly was friends with one or right. had the opportunity to stop one and didn't. So. Right. Yeah, he protected them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you don't know if it's – and Steve Scalise, what's your opinion about that one? Uh, yeah, man, let's let's put the racist future <laughs> Nazi. But they probably, uh, I mean, I, I think he has the best the chance. House. That's that's only going to last a couple of weeks. I mean, unless they make some kind of deal to change the rules and, so that it takes more than one person to right. recall the speaker. I mean, he's not going to last long. And even if he does, great. It just makes them look even worse right. than they already do. Not only are they a clown show, but they're racist. Yay! Happy 2024, everyone. There's also another funny. problem with Scalise. I mean, say what you want about McCarthy. Uh, idiot that he is, he is swarming. And he's good at raising money. Yeah. And uh, one of the things they're going to need in 2024, mm-hmm. given that Trump has sucked out all the small dollar donations from their mm-hmm. supporters <laughs> yeah. is a massive fundraising effort. Yeah. And I don't think Scalise can pull that off. As a matter of fact, like the way Republican uh, state parties are looking, they're, they're mostly going broke. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to need McCarthy. <laughs> you know, McCarthy said he wasn't going to throw his hat back in the ring. I got a sneaky suspicion that they'll go through this rigmarole mm-hmm. and end up circling back. Kevin really interesting in job. interesting i wouldn't be surprised because nothing would surprise me with these people they are so dysfunctional yeah. it's it and it's what's really uh, fucking driving me nuts and i think it was chris hayes did a story on this last night that it, this is a class like it's been happening for a long time that the GOP goes fucking nuts and behaves like lunatics and then the press and the GOP blame democrats it's like what this is the and and then we're seeing and i don't remember his name but some asshole from the daily beast some journalist was basically blaming democrats and i saw somebody arguing on x or whatever you want to fucking call it now with aoc and 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 and, uh she was basically she's just been fantastic but she was saying to overall that they didn't vote for him for one reason or another. It was just to, like for the betterment of everybody. And so some guy comes on and he says, well, Kevin McCarthy voted for Ukraine aid and, you know, he did all this other stuff. And so, you know, how can you justify this being better? And she just talked about how he, you know, supported the insurrection and all the shit that he's done. And, and so it's like, why is it up to the Democrats to keep the to keep the Republicans from fucking themselves over. I, and and the, cra- the thing is, is it's one thing when it's coming from the GOP. 
But it's so maddening when you see it coming from the press, especially like a place like the Daily Beast. It's so disappointing because uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of gullible people who don't pay attention. And then maybe, you know, something comes across their awareness that says, oh, you know, the Democrats are at fault. And then they just kind of buy into it because they don't even know any better. And that's what's so frustrating about it. At least to me. Oh gosh, yeah, you you're not wrong, man. Like it it it's probably the most frustrating mm-hmm. thing you deal with on a day to day basis, where like it's baked into the formula that yeah. Republicans are insane and the Democrats are responsible. Yet <laughs> Democrats have the responsibility of of being like the adult in the room but getting out of the credit right when things go wrong on the other side. It's it's bananas. Like I don't understand. <laughs> Like, it's not Democrats' job to bail out the yes. worst possible people in the government. That's that's not their job. The Republican Party should figure that out on their own. And if they can't, they don't deserve to be in power. No. I, know. I mean, hell, they might. Like, given the way these investigations are going, we got Santos going down mm-hmm. here shortly. I mean, they only need four or five more guys to go to prison in the, in the control of the House to be back in the hands of Democrats anyway. Uh, but, yeah, look. I think if you zoom out just a tiny bit, the biggest problem is that the way the media covers these mm-hmm. developments, whether it's Democrats doing a good job or Republicans breaking the government, mm-hmm. the media tends to slant things always uh, in the in favor of the Republican Party based on what? I have no idea. I mean, they're getting like, I don't know, there's like this built-in expectations of what the Republican Party stood for, you know, 30 years Mm -hmm. ago. They're still clinging on to in the media. It just gives them this extra level of credit when when they're constantly failing. Yeah. Failing at everything. Failing at being responsible. uh, Failing at forming a cohesive party. Yeah. Uh, They fail at national security. They fail at being like the moral center of our country. They failed at the economy. They failed at everything. Mm-hmm. How do they keep getting the pass? I don't understand. It I drives know. me insane. Well, they you... tried to overthrow the government. And we keep doing this with the media. It just it doesn't make any sense. But, well, I... of course, that's why we have you. <laughs> well, and it's funny because my boyfriend, uh, Bob Suska, you know, we were talking about something like this one night. And he says, well, America, just in general, is kind of like default, kind of, uh, how did he describe it? Not all the way right, but like center right, or just, you know, just to the right of center. That's like the default. Well, I, I think not necessarily in, I would say not necessarily in practical terms, but I think in theory and the way that people think things are, because we are seeing that through our, well, we understand why the media, I just want to be clear about this. The media is doing what it's doing because of money and because of selfishness and greed. Um, and so and, and so they put a certain slant on it. And I mean, I guess you can look at the, the numbers of, you know, when people vote and Democrats always, you know, get the popular vote. So you could take that and say, is that what the country is really thinking? But I think the default is how, I, I guess I should say the default would be how we deal with it. And then there's a lot of voters out there because it still surprises me to listen to some independent people who, who I mean, they might be like independent, conservative-leaning people, but it's like, how can they look at what's happening and 
bitch and complain about how both parties are the same. And I mean, I've seen it from legit. There's obviously the trolls that promote that. But then there are the legitimate folks out there who I've actually talked to in person. And they just don't even, um, they, they, they don't see the GOP as the real threat that it is. And that's, I think that's where the default comes in, where a lot of people just don't even realize, maybe more, I think more are now, but a lot of people don't even realize what is at stake because they don't even pay attention. And so their their automatic thing is we don't trust the government, so we'll just try to stay in the middle or something like that. I mean, I'm just guessing here. But I think that there is the myth of the liberal media, because clearly, as you just pointed out, it always they're always leaning toward the Republicans. And I think we know why. But it's so frustrating to me because it's like we would expect it from the Republican Party. But to get it from the news media is extremely upsetting. And I would say and I don't know how you feel. And this is what I want to ask you. Out of all the things that are happening right now, specifically with Republicans, um, the thing that scares me the most is the media. Because you've got all these people who just don't understand what's happening to the media, thinking, oh, these are the people I can trust. And so I'm just like wondering, with 24 coming up, how much of a problem do you think that's going to be? Uh, it's going to be a major problem, major, major problem. Uh, but there's hope. Mm-hmm. And there's light at the end of the tunnel. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the main problem with the media is it's something similar to the problem with the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are always operating with the most immediate sense of like short-term incentives, right? So they're they're bound <laughs> they're bound by uh, you know some financial obligations where yeah. basically the whole point of their existence is to get these clicks. Yeah. You got to get these clicks. You got to get eyeballs. So things are phrased and presented in such a way that it draws the most attention, whether or not, you know, it, it presents the most accurate reflection mm-hmm. of what's going on with the politics in America in general. Um, the, the problem there in this particular instance is they're forgetting their long-term incentive which is to survive because mm-hmm. Trump has made it clear that once he's reelected, if he somehow manages to finagle his way back in the office, the first thing he's going to do is lock their asses up. Yeah. Um, so for those who are democracy, if it's any consolation, they'll be the first to go. Yeah. We won't have to worry about things for long after that. <laughs> and, and it's like, like they just, I'm sorry. They but no, look, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Though. There, there is hope. So one thing the media won't be able to do in 2024 and I don't think anyone's talked about this, but uh, I, I was going to save this for my own podcast because I love <laughs> you so much. I'll tell Aww. you why, uh, you know, if Democrats do everything they're supposed to, despite whatever shenanigans Republicans get up to, Trump is guaranteed to lose in 2024. And it's, it's sitting right there in front of everyone's face, but no one's actually pointed it out because no one's thinking about it. So Trump's currently on trial in New York right now mm-hmm. for financial fraud. And how big of a story is that in the news? Yeah. It's pretty pretty major. Mm-hmm. And the media is currently having a difficult time slanting yes. this in favor of Trump somehow. Yeah. Um, what's Trump going on trial for in 2024? Attempting to steal the 2020 election. <laughs> uh, and what, <laughs> well, what, what was part of that? What, what did that plot entail? It involved stealing the votes of all the states that he needs to win in 2024 to yeah. become president 
but states that he already lost in 2020 where he wasn't popular. So he's got to win a number of swing states to beat Biden, states that he lost, and the people in those states will for months on end be watching trial after trial of evidence presented about how Trump tried to take away, away their vote mm-hmm. and rob them, <laughs> the person they voted for. Yeah, He is toast in those states. Regardless yeah. of what you know, you see in the polls currently, right? Because again, it's 2023. I mean, you can't. Again, we've talked about this. You can't mm-hmm. count on the, you can't count on the electorate to be as engaged as we are in like internet land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when that shit is on TV in their faces, Trump trying to steal your vote. Trump yeah. trying to take away the right of your state to select your president. Those people, he is never going to win. Them. Yeah, it's, and you know, I mean, practically like- over. With all of the stuff that he's going through, I mean, you know, there, of course, there's always going to be that stupid fucking base that's going to stick with him no matter what. But I think there's going to be, you know, there, there's continuing to be so many Republicans that are like old school Republicans. And when I say old school, I'm talking, you know, John Boehner, not that long ago, you know, Tea Party Republicans or whatever you want to call them that led to Trump. But regardless, that I think they're just going to get so, they're so sick of him. Because he promised all this winning, and then all that happened was just endless losing, constant <laughs> losing from the moment he stepped into office. Because the day after his inauguration, we had the biggest march in the world against basically Trump and his misogyny and his fascism. And we didn't even know at that point how bad it was. We understood what was to come, but we didn't fully, um, you know, really know all the details yet. And then, you know, with every election after that, including elections in 2017, Democrats won. And, and then, of course, the media, as we all know, in 2022 was calling for this huge big red wave that never happened. And, you know, you and I, I know, are going to stick with Boozy. And I know I'm adding, you know, last uh, election, I was also listening to Simon Rosenberg. I believe it's Tom Bonier is how you say his name. Um, those are the guys that I'm going to listen to. And, and I'm still listening to them right now. And if you if you follow their feeds, including Boozy, Boozy feels very confident about 2024. Um, and I, I do, too. I have my moments where I get scared. <laughs> but I think. Overall, I agree with you, and I think that, you know, as we proceed, it's like we, we just can't be listening to the fucking polls that we're hearing on even MSNBC, which, you know, I mean, I like a certain number of uh, journalists on MSNBC, not all of them, but they're not the one. I mean, they don't promote the bullshit polls. So, you know, but if you're listening to like Morning Joe and some of the afternoon shows, they will regurgitate those polls. And it's hard to feel secure but I, I think I think we've got a pretty good chance but I, I want to ask you too about um, I think Boozy feels pretty confident about the Senate and the Senate is definitely going to be I believe harder to win do you think we're going to be able to walk away with a, a full majority in the House Senate and you know Biden wins Ooh, well I would say in the House we're almost absolutely guaranteed to regain the majority just just based on like you know the obvious fact that like you said there's some Republican House seats just in major jeopardy mm-hmm. of, of being flipped after this entirety yeah. of two years of uh, a debacle being led by House Republicans and of course Santos going to prison mm-hmm. uh, and again an extra seat in Alabama the Senate man that map is tough uh, but I would say that if you, again, if you, if you want some hope in that department, 
oh man, <laughs> where are they going to get the money from to run these Senate races? Like I keep asking and, and no one's actually like even pointing it out that Trump's pack like vacuumed up all the available funds for the Republican Party hmm. and spent it on legal fees, you know, yeah. between himself and all of his co-defendants and their potential yeah. witnesses. And that money is gone. Like right. he left the White House with, you know, a hundred plus million. That thing's down to tens of millions, if not less. Like, you know, whatever you feel about polling and public sentiment, when it comes election time, mm-hmm. you can't run this shit on a shoestring budget. Not not even if you're president. Like yeah. it's it's difficult to be an incumbent and run with no money. And Trump found out found that out the hard way in twenty twenty. Um so who's gonna like again, this is why they're gonna need Kevin McCarthy, because they're gonna have to have someone out there convincing the, the large donors, the billionaires hmm. and the corporations, hey, we got a shot, there's a chance we can pull this off, give us your money. Mm-hmm. These police ain't gonna be able to pull that off. Jim Jordan won't be able to pull that off. Wow. So we we've got a shot in the Senate. Wow. I mean, I I wouldn't guarantee it. Again, you know, right. Boozy's the numbers guy. Look at this man. I would trust that over my opinion. Uh, but the <laughs> <laughs> I guess the one thing we just really have to worry about is will Democrats do their job? Like the Democrats that are in Congress. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, the voters, will they will they push people to turn out? Because the only thing that can really cost us the presidency at this point is not voting. Just thinking everything right. going to be safe, getting complacent, exactly. and not turning out. I mean, I don't see the Republicans having any shot. In the White House, yeah. don't have any shot getting the House. They got a chance to keep the, we'll win back the Senate just because of the nature of the maps. Yeah. But again, we wouldn't even have the possibility of being able to win the Senate if we had one in Georgia, baby. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. true. And and I certainly hope that, as you pointed out, like in these two years, what we're going to be witnessing, what we've already witnessed and what we're going to see in front of us, which is going to be even crazier. I hope that that convinces enough people to say, oh, my God, even if they're even if they're like diehard conservatives to say, I just can't do it right now because they don't have their shit together. And, you know, let them get their shit together and I'll show up for them. I would hope that that would be the case. I guess we'll see. I mean, I, we, what we saw in 2020 was a lot of never Trumpers voting for Biden, but then down ticket, they voted for Republicans. So it's not going to it's not going to happen that way this time. Or I don't know, like maybe it won't. Maybe some of these people who are the never Trumpers, I don't know what they're going to do because it seems to. It seems to me that if they don't like Donald Trump and what he's representing, then they can't be fucking pleased with what's happening with the Republicans. But, you know, they don't want to lose power. So I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah, they're probably not going to hold their nose and vote for Democrats. But I mean, no. I guess the hope there and I, I'm generally not, you know, pro voter suppression. But like the hope is that they just don't vote at all. Exactly. Like, hey, yeah. just don't show up. You don't yeah. have to vote for Republicans. You don't have to vote for anybody. Just, right. just take this year off, come back in 2028, start over again. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't want to be, like, wish-casting or anything, <laughs> but there is the possibility that even though Trump is currently in the lead right now and we just had a meaningless Republican primary, <laughs> that he won't be the candidate hmm. representing the Republican Party in 2024. Like, it's... 
it's a slim chance, but it's still a possibility. Yeah. And if we get that potential outcome, like Republicans are going to be bored. They they won't turn out to vote for anyone. That's and so of course, true. like, you know, the one thing they would need the most of Trump isn't the nominee is to throw his support behind anyone. Yeah. He's absolutely not going to endorse any of these morons because no. <laughs> the first thing on his mind will be there can't be a Republican president who would be. Right. Yeah. Do you think that he would, do you think he would go independent? He might have to because um, he, how else is he going to raise money? That's the thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's so broke that he needs, he needs to be a politician yeah. because that's the only successful business venture right. he's ever engaged in. Like even his casino it was printing money hand over fist. That thing shut yeah. down and went out of business because he couldn't manage it correctly. Yeah. So I, he he needs politics to make money. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen that from the way he runs his businesses. Like without the donations that come with his you know political prowess uh, and like the business interests that come along with that, like they're money pits. Yeah. Like he made billions of dollars, two and a half billion dollars while he was in office. Where the fuck did that money go? Yeah, I know. Like, why can't he? Why can't he afford anything? He can't pay for his own lawyer. Yeah, like, Jared, Jared what is Kushner, going on? Jared like, Kushner is isn't helping him out. So, yeah, he's absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if he's not the nominee, you're absolutely right. He's going to have a choice. Uh, do I want to be broke or do I want to run as an independent? Yeah, and absolutely take the Republican Party. See, see that that's why I think he's going to be the nominee because I so desperately want him to run as an independent. But I, I think, you know, it has nothing to do with reality. It's just my own personal like desires. But um, I wonder, I, tr- I just I, I think he will be the nominee only because they they are stuck with him. It's like he's Frankenstein. He's Trumpenstein. And they're doomed with or without him. <laughs> You know, they just are. And so, oh, my God, it's so crazy. And yeah, and I was just saying that it's funny how Jared Kushner and Ivanka aren't helping him out with all their billions. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know what he's helping? He's having to beg for dollar donations or whatever. And then on top of it, so the order, uh, okay, like switching subjects here. The judge puts a gag, kind of a gag order on him. And then he goes out. He doesn't, the, it, it, I think it was because he was saying something about a staffer or somebody, not a staffer, but um, I can't remember the term for the person that he was going after. Um, yeah, there was an assistant working assistant. in the judge's office and someone online, like deep in the dark depths of the internet sphere, posted a picture of that person taking a picture with Chuck Schumer. And <laughs> Trump somehow managed to find that it was like 200 repost image or something and blow that up and turn that into, see, Chuck Schumer, yeah. there's his girlfriend. Chuck yeah. Schumer's running this investigation. Everything's uh-huh. political. And the judge was not pleased about that. Yeah. And issued that gag order saying, hey, you can't talk about anyone on my staff. And then Trump immediately yeah. went out there <laughs> on TV, on TV <laughs> hours later. And in, in disparage the judge. <laughs> yes, it's like, okay, I'll leave the staffers alone, but I'm going to go after the judge. And then he's still lying. Yeah. He's still lying about how much Mar-a-Lago is worth. <laughs> like, oh, my God. He just can't oh, stop yeah, himself. Thing. Like, he also went on TV and, like in the middle of basically a press gaggle, press conference, and confessed. Like, yeah, yeah I did it. <laughs> and I'm going to get away with it, too. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, you know, again. We, we have this problem with the media. Mm-hmm. Like, they just 
film what Trump says, mm-hmm. and play it without context, yeah. without context, and then don't elaborate further. Mm-hmm. And then he says all this insane stuff on TV. It's right there in front of everyone's face. And then no one has like the presence of mind in the moment yeah, to be like, well, that was a confession. His trial is doomed. Like, no, instead <laughs> they're out here uh, running with this insane idea that Trump said the judge basically threw out 80, 80% of the case, which was the total opposite of what ha- anyway yeah yeah no it's just so now <laughs> Trump just... got his first gag order immediately <laughs> went out and violated the gag immediately order. immediately I... violates it and I'm just waiting for his new book to come out uh well okay what what was the title um if I did it <laughs> or whatever what was the is that the title <laughs> of OJ's book if I did it it's like duh of course you did it and then you're basically <laughs> admitting you did it but if I did it this is how I would have done it um oh yeah I God. think it's I think this... it's just it's do just, you pull your hair out every day? Kind of. like how you cope with this You know, I go, I go back I and just, forth. It, yesterday it was a bad day. Yes, yesterday was a bad day for me, and I was feeling very low. Today I'm a little bit better. But, yeah, I just go through ups and downs with this. And, so, you know, I think I'm, I'm getting much better at compartmentalizing, although as I've maintained, you know, like on election week, let's. Ju- I was all good up until election day in 2022, and then I had to freak out for a while. But... Um, I have a feeling that 2024 election day is going to be very extremely difficult for me until we hear the good news. And I just, I'm not looking forward to it. And, you know, I'm just like, I was on Mary Trump's web uh, uh, podcast the night of the last election. And that the theme of the show, because at that point we didn't know what was happening yet. You know, nothing got answered right away. And so... Mary Trump, I was freaking out. Jennifer Rubin was calming me down like off camera. And I, that to me made me laugh harder than anything. But it was like, you know, we discussed <laughs> how um, it was, it used to be fun. Like election night was kind of fun and exciting. And now it's just filled with dread because we could lose democracy and things could go so, so horribly wrong. And, um, you know, poor Mary, Mary was really scared. And so was I. But um, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I just I think, though, as I did predict that if they took, you know, if they got rid of Roe v. Wade and I, I'm not the only one who predicted it, so I'm not trying to say that. But it's like I figured Roe v. Wade getting, you know, killed would be absolutely motivation for the Democratic base. And, and of course, that does, does not take a uh, you know, rocket scientist to figure that out. So now we're looking at they're, they're starting to creep in with um, ideas of banning birth control so you know and it's like how is that going to go over with republican women who absolutely i mean they don't think of of birth control as abortion so and a lot of these women don't want to have another kid and i mean a lot of the you know if it's if it's a, a parental situation and whether whether or not it's financial but especially if it's financial if they've already got three kids and they're both working and they're having a hard time making ends meet and then she gets pregnant again. She doesn't want another fucking kid. So she's either taking birth control to prevent it or she wants to have an abortion because she can't, you know, they can't afford and they just don't have the time for it. That is Republican families all over this fucking country. And so the idea, the banning books, banning abortion, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to start in on CRT again, but they'll find another CRT bullshit thing. Um, I just think the more we see of this, it's only going to help us. I hope I'm right. 
Shit, I hope so too. Because like Trump was out here a couple of weeks ago threatening to invoke the Alien Enemies Act if he's reelected, and he'll just suspend habeas corpus and round up everyone that he believes to be an immigrant, and there'll be nothing we can do. Uh, you know, I'm sure that probably included black people as well. Of course. Uh, you know, get get ready for internment camps, everyone. If Trump's win, Trump wins, something to look forward to. No, it, it's gonna be okay. Just like. <laughs> You know, Wusa. I, I usually don't do the the woo-woo stuff, but mm-hmm. one one thing that I try to do is like plan for the future, mm-hmm. but stay emotionally present. Right? Yes. There's, there's nothing I can do about any of these things in in like you know in the immediate future, so I don't need to let that affect me emotionally. Right. But what I can do is picture the goal that I want to accomplish, break that down into the steps required to reach that goal and start taking action on the very next step. And see, that's manifesting. You just described manifesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's more like busting your ass and then hoping things work out, I guess. And that's what it is. It's like A lot of people forget the work part. Right. Uh, (laughs) If you really want, again, you, you want to feel a little bit better, I'll tell you this. The only reason Trump even came remotely close to winning in 2020 is because he was the incumbent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. People keep talking about, oh, Trump won in 2016. You didn't see that coming, did you? Well, you know, technically he lost by 3 million yes. votes to Hillary Clinton. So he's never won the popular vote. He didn't win it. He lost by an even larger margin in 2020. Yeah, like double. He's probably going to lose by an even larger margin in 2024. And I'm sure Republicans know that too. So imagine what they are probably out here planning on doing mm-hmm. in, in order to try and rig things for 2024. They're committing more crimes. I guarantee you they're planning right now on how to commit more crimes mm-hmm. to win 2024. But the problem with a massive fucking criminal conspiracy is we've noted, uh, given that Trump and a number of his cohorts are on trial in various jurisdictions, is the problem of witnesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes they flip. And you don't know who's cooperating. Yeah. <laughs> and it's entirely probable that by the time we get to 2024, uh, the people on on Trump's team and, and various members of the Republican <laughs> Party plotting on rigging that election are gonna end up gonna end up getting charged too. Yeah. So just those are very, very, very yeah. good and strong points. And and what we should focus on because it's like one of the things that you said, everybody loves Joe. Well, he won 2016 and we didn't we weren't expecting that. And that's absolutely true. But there was a lot of things that were going on. First of all, 2016 is not 2024. We've had all this time. All these different things have happened since then. And things we weren't aware of at the time in 2016, we are aware of now. So this is a different ballgame. But, you know, I mean, we, we didn't, even though Hillary was telling us every fucking day that the Russians were helping him, it didn't even really occur to me what she was talking about until after the election and after, you know, we were, things were starting to come out about it. And it was like, I, I understood it, but I didn't really understand it. Like, I understand the, I understood the words that she was saying and I, I thought, okay, you know, I got it. But it Oh, no, same. Really I was one of the skeptical ones. I was like, okay, sure, maybe the Russians want to be president. But there's like nothing that they can do to effectively ensure that I was wrong. I didn't understand because I wasn't like engaged in mm-hmm. the, the Twitter sphere and social media in like a political fashion at the time. I was like, well, I mean, yeah, they put some bots 
on here and you know pay out some influencers to boost this stuff but like people are going and then i actually engaged in it myself i was like oh shit mm-hmm. this is crazy yeah like it's bananas out here and not only that i mean there's also that that small issue of the russians happen to hack into a couple oh, of right. states election systems yes. right before the 2016 election and we mm-hmm. had no idea what happened with that um are they I, I doubt they'll be able to pull that off in 2024 yeah, no. but like like i said we're more prepared yeah for we're all more skeptical of the things that we fell victim to in yes, 2016 exactly. <laughs> that happened to coincide with you know obviously james called me at the last minute mm-hmm, mm-hmm. announcing that investigation into hillary clinton I, you're, you're right um yeah there was oh just all these God. things going on that we we were naive at that point. And I mean, I was really naive because, and, and, and when I looked back, I could see it, it started in April, the Russian interference in April of 2016 is when I noticed the, um, online, the difference online. And so, you know, I mean, at that time, uh, fortunately I didn't fall victim to it. And I, I didn't see Hillary Clinton as a criminal or anything like that. Um, but I just I got sucked into a little bit of it. But f- like I said, fortunately, it didn't suck me all the way in. And you know what really helped me was I think it was PBS. I think it was PBS did a documentary and it was both on Trump and Hillary. And they just talked about, you know, her upbringing and her political career and all the stuff that she endured and all the stuff that she did, how she went undercover. I believe it was in Alabama, was it Alabama or I think it was Alabama in the school system to call out racism and and, and all that. I mean, she did so much and I didn't even know. I mean, of course, I was familiar with her, uh, the obvious part of her career. But this documentary, you know, did a deep dive into all the stuff that I was not aware of. And it, it was like. I was already going to vote for her, but it was like, wow, it it, it made me (laughs) feel like, you know, she's amazing. I mean, there are things about Hillary Clinton that I'm not in love with, but that does not take away her um, extraordinary record. It's just extraordinary. And, you know, I mean, she she also had like a unique disadvantage. and, And this is not her fault, but just the fact that she was married to Bill Clinton. Yes. And once Bill Clinton left office and she made it known that she was going to be a political force to deal with, like Republicans had 16 years to prepare. (laughs) Yes. Like they spent every single day from 2000 on just chipping away at at Hillary Clinton's public image in Mm -hmm. such a way that it just so happened like at the worst possible time for the country, but I guess the best possible time for them. Exactly. Like, all that work paid off. It just, mm-hmm. it just, it was a, like the conflation of events that conspired to lose Hillary Clinton and election that she won in 2016. It's like impossible to put it into context because yeah. there was so much. I mean, just, just like so Bernie true, Sanders yeah. as well. Yeah. Like 100%. I guarantee you, if she hadn't been in that primary with Bernie Sanders, she probably would have won by nearly as wide a margin. Is Biden did in 2020. I agree, so and just... I say that as someone who supported Bernie in that election. And, uh, you know, I, I feel slightly embarrassed that I did, but I only feel embarrassed because I, I, I was naive. And I, I've said this before, but I just have to say, I like Bernie's vision, right? And that's where it ends. Yeah. I don't believe he can carry that vision through. I believe Elizabeth Warren could. I don't believe Bernie could. And I don't know if Elizabeth Warren could only because of 
like for instance, she's the one who came up with the um, oh god, what is that agency? The Consumer Protections, and she came yes, up with that it. The Supreme Court is set to go here soon. Of course, but she came up with it, and then basically Republicans didn't let her. You know, because of Republicans, this was during the Obama administration. But Republicans would not support her in running that agency. But that woman has a history of accomplishments. And, you know, Bernie just doesn't. But I, I agree with I agreed with his vision and, and, and her vision and his vision are very similar. And, and I always did like Hillary. And I mean, I had assumed Hillary was going to win. You know, I had actually I was writing a book at that. Like, I think it was in 2013 or something. And I referred to Hillary as, you know, most likely our next president. And my mother was editing it. And she's like, I don't think you should say that because you never know how it's going to go. She may not even run. And I was like, yeah, OK, well, I'll take it out. But I mean, I had just assumed, you know, she's going to be our next president. And, um, you know, and then Bernie came along and I liked what he said. But see, Bernie taught me very well that just because somebody says something <laughs> doesn't mean they can actually get it done. And so, you know, that was a lesson for me. But I voted for Hillary Clinton, and I was, not only did I vote for her, I mean, I was very much enthusiastically voting for her. And I, I thought, oh my, I thought she would be a great president. But, you know, unfortunately, we got Donald Trump. So, um... Well, I'm glad you brought up Hillary again, because can we take just, like, I know no one wants to hear me sucking Hillary Clinton off here, but... <laughs> Like, can we just take a minute to, like, just applaud that woman yeah. for the way she handled losing an election that she yes. won uh, versus Trump in yeah. 2020, like, claiming to win an election that he lost? Right. Like, he, she set the framework for how uh, a presidential candidate should, should handle a loss with class and dignity mm-hmm. in, in such a way that sets the party up to win the very next election. <laughs> uh, because what she did was she, she took her loss. Even though she ran a fantastic campaign, she had uh, just there was a myriad of of, yeah. of events that sabotaged it. And once the election was over, she conceded. And not only did she concede, she stepped out of the way to yeah. let the the party blossom into what it is today, as opposed to uh, you know going on and on about how the election was stolen from her and how it was a sham and it was rigged mm-hmm. and she's coming back in 2020 right. and dividing <laughs> the party and having you know us stab Nancy Pelosi in the back and yeah. oust her as the speaker of the house and <laughs> oh my god if you get what I'm saying yes. here like <laughs> the way she handled things which was in a spectacularly responsible fashion yeah the total opposite of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And that's probably, again, you know, another factor that's going to contribute to their loss in 2024. And, I, you know, I, again, I think she was intelligent enough to know from the get-go that the best thing for her to do in service of the party was to just step out of the way and let us yeah. handle it. Uh, and that's, like, the most... It's just an incredible level of like self-awareness and self-reflection that I don't share. Like I don't have that ability, mm-hmm. not, not to that extent, because I'm sure in her mind, she's like, I was the front runner. Yeah. Like I kicked Bernie's ass. I could do it again. I beat Trump by 3 million votes. <laughs> I'll beat him by more right, in 2020. Exactly. Yeah. And she had the presence of mind to understand that maybe that would be more divisive for the party mm-hmm. and put her, you know, per- I'm sure she's a prideful woman. She put her personal pride yeah. and accomplishments aside. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, and I mean, it's like. Give that woman a hand. Give, yes, definitely. And you know what? While we're at it, Al Gore, too. I, I, I would have liked to see him fight a little harder, but I don't think he would have won. And, and, and the way he handled the 20 to 2000 decision, it's the same thing. It was like, all right, I'm going to put aside. I, I would have liked to see him fight a little harder, but still, it, it's the idea that the Democrats are the adults in the room. The Democrats are the ones who are responsible, even if they fuck up, even if they make mistakes, which we do because we're just human and there's no such thing as perfection. Um, but outstanding, you know, I mean, everything you said about Hillary Clinton, 100% times 10, amazing woman, just fucking amazing woman. I don't have applause, like my boyfriend has all the applause and all the sound effects, but, you know, just imagine that I'm putting Yeah, we got to get you some drops there. from your podcast <laughs> yeah. and you can get the cheers in the back. Well, and then my, my fucking <laughs> desk just broke. Right before we started this show, I have a secretary desk, and um, so the part of the secretary desk that folds down is not, it's like coming off so it's like yay i'm basically sitting here holding my desk up with my knees right now <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yay how are um, you able to talk to me for an hour while well, holding your actually desk i have a little table uh, under we here we should give you as much applause as we gave hillary <laughs> <laughs> and i'm wearing heels no i'm just kidding um well the last thing i want to talk about because i do want to get this in here is um i don't know if this is true and i have to go find it but there was a I think it was a, um, let me get it, let me get it, let me get it. Okay, here it is. This is from Reuters, but it's the opinion. It's labeled as opinion. So I'm going to read the tweet here. It says, the bankers who financed Elon's acquisition of Twitter are considering cutting their losses and repossessing the platform for him. And then the quote is, if things deteriorate further, which of course they will, uh, the company's bankers already nursing billions in on paper losses face the prospect of taking back the keys to a diminished platform that is worth less than they than they're claiming it which i think there's another tweet going around that was like it was worth 44 or he paid 44 billion but it's worth eight now so um i wonder if that's going to happen you know this is opinion but i don't know maybe they spoke with someone who's in the know and this is a real thing i i now let me ask you this did you have a, a verified badge uh, before Elon? I did not. Okay. I thought you did, but I, I couldn't remember. Um, I don't, you know, and that makes me wonder if the site were to leave control of Elon, if, if I know they still have the, um, the verified badges. And the reason I know this is because like, I used to have one and obviously I don't anymore, but I, I did this Chrome plugin and on my computer, because I'm that you know I use Chrome, it shows you the difference. So if somebody pays, it, it's it's got the little blue check and it'll say paid, but if they're a legacy blue check, it'll say verified. So I think that it would be easy to turn that back on, and I really hope that would be great. That would be great because I I saw yesterday on Facebook I got a memory. And, and I said, I just saw, it was from October 4th, 2022, and it said something like, you know, I just saw that Elon is for sure going to buy Twitter and I feel sick. And so just like just a year ago, I learned for sure he was going to get it. Um, and then there was that whole, oh God, I can't think of Ben Collins. Did you see the Ben Collins video about the text message to Elon and um, that he's trying to f find the person who sent the text message because it listed 
all of the ways to basically destroy Twitter, and Elon's doing it. The only thing he hasn't done is, you know, shut the platform down, because I think one of the uh, bullet points on this was, you know, deplatforming. Um, did, did you see that video going around that Ben is trying to find who sent that text? Yes, I did. Uh, it is rather insane the way that whole plan developed. I mean, I, I, I don't know the direct associations here, but apparently that was... Uh, that plan originated from this group called V Dare. I, mean, I don't know if you're familiar with no, that. No, I'm not. Um, Virginia Dare is, hmm. is the illusion there. Um, the idea being that Virginia Dare was the first white person born in the American colonies, and <laughs> well, of course, you know she's become like a, a folk hero for racist ideology and then there was a group associated around that who came up with this plan to basically uh, get him to buy Twitter and then use it to destroy uh, whatever potential value he would have in influencing elections and such and then to eventually take it all out. And, and there's some flaws with the plan. Obviously, <laughs> one thing is, okay, great, you set Twitter on fire, but Twitter is just a fucking website. Mm -hmm. It's not the website it was ever the issue. It was the people. People right, having right. a place to come together and congregate. And if you if you take Twitter, even if you take it all the way offline, deplatform it entirely, okay, great. Everyone will just move to different other web various yeah. websites. We've got uh, you know, not that I'm a fan of Mark Zuckerberg, but I mean Threads is an option since people mm -hmm. are already on Instagram. All you gotta do is yeah, you know, hit the button to transfer your account there. Our, our buddy Boozy, he's got Spoutable, which of course, he, you know, is my my favorite of the yes. Twitter alternatives. Me too. And there's a number of alternatives jockeying for, you know, second place in the event that Twitter goes down so they can basically scoop up whatever value Elon Musk loses if Twitter collapses and take it for themselves. Yeah. So, like, great. You spend all your money. You're going to burn Twitter down. All you're going to do is just make someone else a billionaire. Genius. Right. Uh, <laughs> and here's the other problem. You know, if he does that before 2024, then he'll have no influence whatsoever right. on how the election plays out on social media. So he really can't take it. He really can't take it until after the election yeah. anyway. And then he's in a rough spot again, because you said, as you said, like it's lost so much value uh, that, According to that report, creditors or are looking at uh, acquiring the website. Yeah, and just just kicking. And I, and I didn't think that would actually happen. I thought that what would happen is these banks who signed on to these gigantic loans to help uh, Elon finance uh, the platform, so that he wouldn't have to sell off, you know, a substantial portion of his stock in Tesla. Yeah, uh, that they would just uh, they would immediately turn around and try and sell that debt off to the highest bidder in order to make a quick turnaround and a quick profit. That did not happen <laughs> <laughs> because he was immediately so toxic yeah. and detrimental to Twitter's value that it the, the stock I mean, well, its value immediately tanked. And now they're stuck with it. And I'm sure what they're doing is looking for the quickest way out with losing the least amount of money as possible. Yeah. And I don't think... Uh, if I don't believe that if they take over the platform, 
in-house Elon that that would be in their financial benefit as well. Interesting. Because, of course, he would lose the shit. Yeah. Right-wingers would lose their shit. That's true. And they would do everything they can as well to tank the value of the platform. I mean, the, the, it's, it's again, it's the Kevin McCarthy, Matt Gates standoff, <laughs> except it's, you know, Elon Musk and his creditors. Like, yeah. each of them has a gun aimed to their head. <laughs> like, he's got the ability to destroy all of the billions of dollars they invested in this platform and they have the ability to take his platform away from him. Who's willing to pull the trigger first? I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> well, maybe we, may we live in interesting times. <laughs> I mean, geez. Absolutely. We were born in, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it's, it's so interesting. We were born day around these parts. <laughs> No, and I, I just, I, I, I'm really kind of tired, but I think we're all very tired, but we, we don't have the luxury of staying tired. I think the best thing to do is get some, you know, good, whether it's, you know, whether you like to meditate or take a walk outside or do something that's relaxing and making you feel good because these are really difficult times. And I think, I, I you know, I mean, I, I get sometimes whether it's a dm or comments from my listeners or you know social media people just talking about oh my god i'm so sick and tired of this i I, i'm not getting that they're giving up just that it's it's exhausting and it truly it's exhausting and i think that's part of the strategy is just keep going and going and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing um until we win and it's like never gonna fucking give up but sometimes you just got to take a break i want to ask you real quick before we go though have you have you seen the show and i'm just watching it now so i'm late to the game but have you watched succession Oh yeah, you know it's basically Rupert Murdoch yes. uh, played out on television. Um, exactly what it yeah, is, and I have to say, sure. I I just absolutely love it. You know, Bob did not want to start watching it during the Trump years because it was just too much. He couldn't he couldn't deal with it, and so you know it's won all the awards and everything. And finally, I said, "Can we just watch the first one?" Because I've never I just want to see if I like it. And then I am so sucked in now. I'm I think we're just over halfway through the second season. And I'm loving it so much. And I specifically love Alan Ruck's character, Connor Roy. And here's a spoiler. Oh, you're a Connor. You're team Connor. I, I fucking okay, love a, him. Everything he, about you as a person. He is so delusional. <laughs> and he's so delusional <laughs> in such a... He's so weird. He's so weird. And I just, I love, <laughs> like, as an... I used to be an actor. And it's like, I would love to have been on that show. And, and, and delve into it, especially with either someone like him. And then I also love um, Tom. I mean, you, you could have been Shiv. You could have pulled that off. I could have played Shiv. I feel like that's your I idea, love right? Shiv. And you know what? What's so funny about her, because she's so nuanced. I, I love watching her because, you know, I, I didn't know she's Australian. But um, I wondered what kind of life she had. Because she handles herself and holds herself in a certain way that you would have to if you're if you're born into that kind of wealth and that kind of lifestyle there's going to be a way that you behave and she's got oh, especially it. with a, with a bunch of spoiled brothers yes yeah. with yes with and, and actually the interesting thing was you know i thought to myself um you know like i wonder what she did to prepare and i wonder how she takes on you know the the stance like even just the way she stands and then i found this youtube video that specifically addressed that and it said that there, when when she's doing scenes with her brothers she'll often mirror their physical stances and activities so she can like be one of them 
And I thought that was so interesting. And then there was, there's these little tiny things that she does with her face. And I, like, I remember when we were, when I was learning about, you know, how to be an actor and everything, especially with film, you, you want to be as quiet and as subtle as possible. You do not want to make big mo- move. Like when you're on, you're in the theater and you're on stage, you have to do things more broadly, but when you're you know, obviously on film, it's just got to be really subtle. And she is a master at those subtle, you know, just nuances. And so they all are. I think they're all really good. And I'm so, in, I am in love with that show, even though the people on yeah, it incredible are actors they, they play terrible people. Exactly. Yeah, they're so good. <laughs> and 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 Will Ferrell and Adam McKay are the producers, which doesn't surprise me because they take every opportunity to show you how awful these people are. And and it's like you don't it's funny because it's not like for me, you know, like I love the Sopranos. I was never rooting necessarily for Tony Soprano because he's a murderer and a serial murderer, but um there was some he had this charisma about him which I don't believe this family has the soprano charisma. You know, it's like I don't root for them in any way. I, I actually wait for them to fail because they're so fucking awful. But like you said, great actors, just absolutely great actors. So I just had to throw that out there for, you know, I know I'm, I'm always late to the game, always late to the game on the popular shows, but here I am. I'm watching it now. So <laughs> just wondering. I mean, better late than never, like watch it before democracy ends or they'll take away your HBO Max. Get it in yeah, now. Never late. <laughs> course oh my god well i just you know as usual it's fantastic talking to you and i just have to say that with other oh, we're done here are yeah. we done here are we yes we are done and i think else, some of bob's listeners will absolutely get it but um okay i'm sorry <laughs> no, 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 no reason to be I sorry Josh, for making fun of one of bob's esteemed guests on the podcast <laughs> no worries um what was i just gonna say i was just gonna say something and now i forgot what it was but that's okay because i forget what i'm gonna say all the time um yeah, I'm but, very distracting. Oh, I, I occasionally have that effect <laughs> on women, but not because I'm so amazingly handsome or charming, just because I'm kind of a clown. Uh, yeah. I remember what it is now. The thing is, is, it's so easy to talk to you that sometimes when I have guests on, you know, I do like ridiculous amounts of preparation. I have tons of topics because you just never know. But with you, I only had four things because I thought, you know what? he He's a talker. I'm a talker. We're going to be, and like, as as I expected. It's just, I could still keep talking for like two more hours, but <laughs> I'm not going to do that to the listeners. So, um, all right, and- listeners, tune in for hour two. <laughs> Up next. <laughs> um, so, as I tell you every show, tell everybody where to find you. Yes, you can find me on Twix. That is, you know, if you combine Twitter with X, you yes. get Twix. <laughs> uh, my handle there is Black Knight 10K. I'm also on the Spoutable threads uh but most importantly you can find me on the pardon the insurrection podcast again don't 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 mind that title i'm not pro pardon <laughs> uh, that's available everywhere podcasts are found check that out you know we, we drop a couple episodes every week there along with my my lovely co-hosts carol and ty they're they're amazingly wonderful entertaining women <laughs> uh, you know just because obviously there's enough guys out here running their mouth they won't sh- shut the f up. Uh-huh. You know, had to get some talented, intelligent, insightful women involved. <laughs> it can just be a bro fest. Like it, that's played out. Yeah, pardon the insurrection. Make sure you subscribe. All that good stuff. Yay! Okay, pardon the insurrection podcast, and then I'm author Kimberly. 
K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget the extra E at the end of my name. And uh, my pinned, wait, tw- my pinned Twix. Is that, what do you call the tweets? <laughs> what do you call them? My pinned thing on Twix. <laughs> We're obviously left Twix, right? Y- yes, right. We're left Twix. Um, <laughs> all of my handles are on my pinned tweet, so I'm just going to call it a tweet. But it's always nice talking to you. I always enjoy it. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Bye-bye.